الحمد للہ الحمد للہ وکفا والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذین استفا اما بعد فاعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم یا ایوہ الذین آمنوا اتقوا اللہ وکونوا مع الصادقین وقال النبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم اتق المحارم تکن اعبد الناس او کما قال النبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم Most respected students of deen, mothers and sisters in Islam Allah Ta'ala has once again afforded us this opportunity to be back in madrasa learning deen acquiring the knowledge that will help us to become those kind of human beings those kind of believers and mu'mineen who Allah Ta'ala is pleased with and who are successful in dunya and akhirat we often become very caught up in all our day to day issues in such a manner that we forget what is the goal just to understand this with a little example that supposing there is a football match now football is not something to be very thrilled about we are just saying, using it as an example because everybody understands the example very well otherwise these are all really futile things and these kind of things are made a means to keep people caught up in things which will waste their time and so that they are no more productive to society and a handful of people will make a killing out of it and others will be just left paying and clapping and thrilling themselves they'll get some kind of maybe so called entertainment out of it nothing else and you get some people becoming such fanatics they say our team won and then because our team won they now on such a high that they more thrilled than anything else and then if their team lost their team if their team lost they in a kind of depression whereas what did that team really give them gave them nothing they don't even know they exist person sitting here in South Africa is supporting some team now and so deeply supporting the team in England maybe somewhere else in the world and they don't even know of his existence and if they win something they are not going to share one cent with it with him they are going to make him pay to just watch them kicking one ball around and then these are all things that are made a means of breaking down barriers now first from football was a men's game now it has become a women's game also and then you'll have mixed teams also and all this is to break down that haya and morality break down all the systems for this smooth functioning of society so now men must also be men and women must also become men 
Women must also become like men, so they must play the same games that men play. Not that we are in favor of those games in itself, but this is how this whole society is being broken down. And it's not happening, by the way. It's happening in a very systematic manner. But unfortunately, we don't see beyond the surface, and we get caught up in it. Many, many things, the so-called gender equality, it's all just big words that sound sometimes very, very good maybe to some people. It sounds like a very progressive thing, but behind these efforts is a means to break down society. Gender equality, what does gender equality mean? Everybody must be the same, meaning men, women must be the same. Can they ever be the same? Is it ever possible that men and women must be the same? Meaning that everything that a man does, a woman must do? Yes, Allah Ta'ala has kept the field wide open for everybody without any distinction to get closer to Him. But everybody's manner would not be the same because everybody's duties are not the same. In certain things, everybody is equal. The obligations of deen, everybody is commanded to perform salah. But then there are certain distinctions for a woman in this regard. Everybody has to fast, everybody has to pay zakat, whoever it's first upon, whether male or female, hajj is compulsory upon anybody who has the means, whether male or female, and then various other aspects of deen, there are equal opportunities for both to be able to progress in deen in that regard. But there are certain things which are exclusive to a particular gender. Some will get closer to Allah Ta'ala by fulfilling that particular aspect and that particular function and others will get closer to Allah Ta'ala by doing something which is exclusive for them. Women would get very much closer to Allah Ta'ala by fulfilling their role as good mothers. They are going to rear the child, foster the child and so on. This is not something that anybody else can do. And they will, by fulfilling this role, they will get very close to Allah Ta'ala. Men have certain functions. The ruling of the country, for example, imamat, various other functions of this nature, that's the man's responsibility. Allah Ta'ala has placed it on men to undertake this responsibility. Women have, they are the homemakers, they are the ones that raise the leaders of the time. So they fulfill that role. And in this way that society functions in a very good manner and it progresses and that is the kind of society that produced the giants of the time and there was that peace, there was that tranquility in society in general and what is the position nowadays? In the so-called progressive world that we live in because so much has progressed there is now equality between genders this is what everybody trumpets that now men and women are all equal now they cannot be equal. But now this is the so-called progress of dunya. So now there is equality and women are very, very enthralled that they are out in the working world and they are in position in society and so on. So now this is a lot of progress and like that many other things. So what has become the end result? Such a progressive society with so much of advancement should be a very, very pure society now. Should it be a very peaceful society there should be a society which everything is now far better than what it was 100 years ago, 200 years ago. 
But compare the society today to the society 100 years ago, to the society 200 years ago. We are a broken down society. And that was a society that was living, thriving, prospering. There was so much of muhabbat and understanding between everybody. There was that brotherhood feeling between all people. People would stand for one another, assist one another. People would be, one person in the community had a problem, the whole community was around him. And everybody was there for everybody else. And now we sometimes don't know who's our neighbor. What goes on in the neighbor's house in terms of difficulties and hardships, the person is starving, the neighbor doesn't know. And apart from that, it's a materialistic society. And everybody is out there for themselves and only will make others part of it when they want to make a name for themselves. So there will be some wedding, it will be done in a style and everybody will be invited so that we can make a name for ourselves. So again, that's the same materialistic outlook in life. So it's a very broken society. Every home, Allah forbid, illa mashallah, with a very small percentage of exceptions, is in turmoil. There's such a kind of turmoil carrying on. Now what is, how come we are saying we are such an advanced society? There cannot be any advancement in reality if it is going away from the path of deen. From that path which Allah Ta'ala has chalked out for us, has given us in the Quran Sharif, has given us via Rasulullah Sallallahu in the Mubarak Sunnah. Anything that deviates from this can never progress. It will be an outward progress, meaning seeming to be progress. It will have a lot of fancy and decorative uh, external appearance. There will be a lot of fancy words in it, big words. There will be a lot of uh, glitter and glamour. But within it, within it there is nothing. It's empty, it's hollow. Let alone be empty and hollow, it is turmoil. So that is not anything to be aspiring for. So the only way of progressing is the way Allah Ta'ala has given us and Nabi Islam has shown us with this beautiful example that we follow deen, we follow the sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that is what will bring us progress in life. Otherwise all these western concepts now, anything that the west does we have to go in the same direction. And you see how this creeps in and then how this creates turmoil in homes because this whole western mindset, this Every woman must have a career and then she must now move on with that career in life. And people who are sitting with social problems on a daily basis, they will tell you how this is unfolding in society. Then the delinquent children that grow up, again there are exceptions, but by and large this becomes a situation because they are now in commercial care. Because the mother has to work, the father has to work and then in many homes there is a problem because now the the wife is working also, she doesn't want to disrupt her career. So she says, I'm not in any way prepared to have children now. Now that is creating turmoil in that home. Because she, her goal in life has now become different. So now, this is the natural feeling of a human being that now when he has taken the step of next step in life, he's now married, so now he's making dua for children. But now this lady is saying that this is not my, sorry, I am not interested in this. And uh, now this is just something coming by the way because these things, every other day these are issues that come up. Now where does this stem from? That's the root issue is what we need to understand. That these are all the symptoms. 
like a person has a fever, so the doctor doesn't want to treat the fever itself only. He'll give something just to reduce the fever for that moment. That it mustn't now become too severe and create a problem. So he'll give something for the fever to be reduced. But he's concerned about what is causing the fever. And he wants to treat that. So he will give some panados to bring the fever down. But he will give the person some antibiotics to treat the root cause that is bringing about the fever. Now, if it is a infection, for example, an infection in the ear, it might be a throat infection, a chest infection, whatever infection it might be. Now the infection is causing the fever. So now just to keep the fever under control, he'll give some panados maybe. But he will give a course of antibiotics that, look, there seems to be an infection in the ear, so, or the infection in your throat, so now you have to take this full course of antibiotics, and he will emphasize it, make sure you take the full course, you don't stop halfway, because this is something that needs to be treated, the root cause. Now we're not getting into whether this is a healthy thing to take antibiotics or not. As an example, this is how the doctor treats the person. So now why is he doing that? Because if the root cause is not treated, treating the symptoms is not going to change anything really. It will just be a temporary relief for a short while and then it will be back to square one. And then in the meantime the root cause is going to get worse, it will get even more severe. Now this is where the problem is in our situation. That modernism and the new lifestyle and the new ideas of the West and the immoral ways of the Western lifestyle, all that has crept into our lives, into our society, into our thinking. Now that is the thing that is the root issue that has now become the problem. The symptoms of that and what that gives rise to, all the kinds of severe fevers. The fevers now that I must have a carry out there in the world. Whereas that is not the job that Allah Ta'ala has placed for a woman. She is the homemaker. Or the symptom of that and what that is stemming out of it is, for example, now this westernism, this modernism. So now, for example, the kind of dressing that is adopted. That's a, that's a symptom. That's a fever. But there's an infection. The infection is of this modernism. The infection is of this westernism. And that is bringing about this terrible fever of this evil way of dressing. That this western style of dressing has become the norm. And even if somebody is wearing a so-called modest dress, but that modest dress too would be now conforming or getting closer to the western style. That that modest dress too will be now tighter. That pants would no, be, no more be that izar that once upon a time was worn. It will be something that is now clinging to the leg. It might not be transparent. It might not be as tight as maybe somebody else is wearing it. But it won't be as loose as the modest woman of the ummah always wore it. Now where is this stemming from? This is that infection. And that infection is getting worse by the day. And if that infection is not treated then the symptoms will get worse. And that is what is exactly happening in many, many homes, many societies, that once upon a time there was great amount of haya, modesty, shame, and now there is no name of shame left in that home, in terms of the dressing, in terms of how interaction takes place, in terms of the intermingling of men and women without any 
barriers, any inhibitions. It's all one family, so-called one family. Everything goes. There's nothing to hold anybody back from anything. Where is all this stemming from? It's stemming from this infection. And this infection gets worse by the day if it's not treated. So, where we started off from is, and what our discussion was, that many a times this was all just came by the way, whatever Allah Ta'ala wills, where we started off from is sometimes we get so caught up in our day-to-day situations that we forget what is our goal in life. Actually, where this one thing leads to another, we were discussing this football match. And that is what led to this discussion. So now, if supposing there is a football match, which is, as we said, not an example for the sake of endorsing something, in terms of football, it's just for the sake of getting an, a message across. That now there is a football game, there's two teams, and now this game has started, but there's people there playing in that game, they don't know where's the goal. They don't know which side they have to be scoring goals. Or for example, they don't even know where the goalpost is. Now can you imagine what kind of game of football that will be? So if there's no understanding of where's the goal, or that person doesn't even know, he's playing that game, he doesn't know that he's supposed to be uh, moving that ball in a particular direction and scoring goals in the opposite goalpost, then what is going to be the outcome? He will keep running around in circles. And he might even finally kick the ball and score an own goal, meaning that cause a loss, cause a harm. Why? Because he doesn't know what's the goal. So if a person doesn't know what's the goal, he's a lost case. Then they'll say, you're not, it's not worth having you here on this field because you could have caused more problems. So similar is the case that if a person like that person playing that silly game of football but he doesn't know his goal, he will be a lost case even in that silly game. To be able to kick one ball between three posts. But now there too he will be a failure. So can we imagine that such a major reality such as life, which is everything now, this is our capital with which we have to earn the everlasting bounties of Akhirat. Earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Now if a person doesn't even know what is his goal in life, how is he going to live his life then? He's going to keep running in circles. Now what is our goal in life? That is what we need to ask ourselves already. Each one of us in our hearts right now, let us ask ourselves this question. What is my goal in life? What is my goal in life? Think about it. Do we have an answer? Yes, okay, we have an answer. But we will probably get many answers. And many of those answers might be correct as well in, the, in their own right. But the primary thing and the real goal which overarches everything else is that our goal in life for now and for the afterlife for this temporary life and the permanent life of the hereafter our goal in every aspect of life is to earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala in the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says وَرِضْوَانٌ مِّنَ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرٌ that the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala is the greatest thing 
if we earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, then we've got what is the goal of life. Otherwise, we will be losers and very big losers. Now, this is something that we need to keep reflecting upon in every aspect of life. To the extent that one is the choices that we make in terms of day-to-day things, but let alone the choices where there could be different things to be done, something right, something wrong, so we must leave the wrong and choose the right. Even when doing what is right, in that, are we earning the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala or not? For example, a person is performing Salah. Now, mashallah, Salah is Salah, that's the greatest Amal of Deen. After Iman, the greatest aspect of Deen is Salah. Now, the person is performing Salah, but how is that Salah being performed? Salah is being performed very haphazardly. There is no proper performance of the postures of Salah. There is no khushu and khudu, concentration, devotion in that Salah. So what is going to be the outcome of that Salah? That Salah which has been performed haphazardly, the Ruku Sajda was done hastily, the Qawma, Jalsa all done very hastily, the recitation of the Quran Sharif not done properly, this kind of haphazard performance of Salah, what is going to be the outcome? The Salah will rise barely above the person's head, then it comes in the Hadith Sharif, it is taken and thrown back and flung back at the person like a dirty rag. And the Salah curses him. That Allah kama May Allah Ta'ala destroy you just as you have destroyed me. So, the person was performing such a great amal, but he wasn't concerned about earning the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Had he been concerned about earning the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala in that amal, in that Salah, then number one, he will make sure he has learned that Salah correctly. Then he is applying what he has learned correctly. Performing all the postures properly, with ease. He is not delaying that Salah unnecessarily. And he is performing it well, reciting Quran Sharif properly, with Tajweed, making the Druku Sajda properly. Now this person in the Salah will earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. And when Allah is pleased with him, then he needs nothing else. Allah Ta'ala will make his dunya for him, make his akhirat for him. So this is one example Salah in that is everything else as well. Every other aspect follows the same principle. Whether a person is at home, interacting with his parents, with her parents, how she talks to them, how she reacts to them. If they make a mistake in something, how she is reacting to that mistake. If she is concerned in everything, that Allah Ta'ala must be pleased with me. Allah Ta'ala mustn't be displeased with me. I mustn't ever come under the displeasure of Allah Ta'ala. So, even if her parents uh, err in something, she'll be very concerned that I must not disrespect them in any way. Okay, I'm hurt maybe about something. I'm disturbed about something maybe because of the mistake they made. I might be even feeling a bit uh, unhappy about something. But all said and done, I still cannot say or do anything that is disrespectful to them. Because they are my parents. Now somebody who has this consciousness that Allah Ta'ala must be pleased with me, they will think in this way. That I must not do anything or say anything that will displease, that, that will disrespect my parents, otherwise I will be earning the displeasure of Allah Ta'ala. The person is in madrasa. How does a person respect their teacher? 
their muallimas how do they respect the things of the madrasa and even greater than the things of the madrasa their very kitabs the quran sharif obviously above everything else now the person who's conscious and wants to please allah taala such a person will be very concerned about how to attend to all these things and to deal with all aspects in a way that does not earn the wrath of allah taala because disrespecting the quran sharif disrespecting the kitab disrespecting the madrasa which is a place of ilm especially disrespecting our teachers who are teaching us deen all these things become the means of the displeasure of allah taala a person who is concerned that person will not do anything disrespectful then in my private moments how am i conducting myself if allah taala is displeased with me my life is going to become miserable the barakat will go out i will be thinking i'm having fun but i'm going to be digging my own grave so to say so now the person who is concerned about the pleasure of allah taala that person will be cautious will refrain from wrong things will not go on to the phone and do things which are haram will not indulge in watching all kinds of filth and watching series and like you get serial killers you might have heard of serial killers serial killers they kill they make plans and quietly and kill one person and the next person and the third person in the communities at the woods end to try and catch this person because he does it sometimes in such a stealthy manner and some only get caught after they've killed 15 20 people they are people who are, have really lost their mind they are serial killers but now we whenever there's some allah taala save us and protect us if ever it becomes known in a community that there's a serial killer around one person died it second person was linked to the first murder and the third person was linked to the second murder everybody goes in a panic mode and they are now trying everything to make sure that they are safe they don't get trapped into the serial killers plunge clutches and they don't become victims of the serial killer but these serials people watch somebody says they're watching five they're following five series and somebody 10 series 10 different series they are following these series are shaitan serial killers these are his agents shaitan serial killers of all the haya the various other qualities that should be in every mu'min this is the serial killer from the side of shaitan because it keeps a person latched on now if it was once off the next time the person will say okay today i'm not going or today i'm not going to watch this or today i'm not going to indulge in this haram but now that serial that serial keeps a person caught and hooked so now this is a serial killer of haya that serial killer of iman of taqwa of all the qualities of iman but this is that serial now we say now but i you know got to watch the serial but that's a serial killer that shaitan serial killer killer of all the good things in our life so now we need to identify our goal in life and forever be conscious of that goal in life our goal in life is to earn the pleasure of allah taala and allah taala out of his grace out of his mercy makes things conducive for us to refresh what is this goal all about and bring ourselves onto track for that allah taala gives us all these great occasions that come we're not very far off from the 15th of shaban that will come let us already plan ourselves how we going to make use of this great occasion that will come 
in such a way that we become completely cleansed for Ramadan. Then the month of Ramadan, as we discussed previously, from the beginning of Rajab, Nabi used to express his eagerness for the month of Ramadan. Now, we need to, this is an occasion where we get that opportunity to bring the goal of life, the reality of our goal in life into our hearts and to bring our lives on track. But now we need to prepare for that. So from now we should be making dua daily. Ya Allah, enable me to use the month of Ramadan in the best manner. Ya Allah, save me from wasting one moment. Ya Allah, you make it a means of gaining your muhabbat, gaining your love and gaining your raza, your pleasure. That is the ultimate, that is the goal that we are aiming for. And a person has gained the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, he'll gain the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. And he'll gain all the bounties and bounties and blessings from Allah Ta'ala. Therefore, from now, from today, we need to start earnestly preparing for Ramadan. One of the preparations for Ramadan is this dua, very earnestly, very deeply from the heart. Together with that is this istighfar daily, increasing istighfar. And all the other amal also, slowly trying to increase them, so that by the time the month of Ramadan comes, we are well on track, and we are moving positively towards gaining the pleasure of Allah wa ta'ala, and in this way, inshallah, in this dunya also, and in the akhirat also, we will be eternally successful. In dunya we will succeed, and that eternal success will come for us, in the akhirat. So may Allah wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq, what we need to do now is, sit down for a few minutes, and plan. How are we going to start preparing for Ramadan as of today? What are we going to start doing? And write it down. And inshallah our Maldimas will take some time to discuss this. That what did we write and how are we going to now implement this? And they will guide us as to what else we should be adding to our plan for the preparation of Ramadan. So from now we should be focusing ourselves in this direction. So inshallah for the next 2-3 minutes everybody will sit down quietly in their places and they will first write down this preparation for Ramadan. They plan for the preparation for Ramadan. And then inshallah later, this will be discussed with the Mu'allimahs. Allah ta'ala, give us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. Jazallahu anna nabiyana Muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallama bima huwa ahlu. Allahumma iftah lana bil khair wa akhtim lana bil khair. وجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر مستعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله